Hi friends, this is Down the Hall Dave. During the recording of this episode of Along the Way, we encountered some technical difficulties. But a lot of great information was shared, so I hope you'll enjoy this episode of Along the Way. This is a Spirit of Truth Radio Network original program. Matthew chapter 25 verse 36 tells us that visiting those in prison is as important as feeding the hungry and clothing the naked. Some prisons have bars. Most are a punishment or, or worse, a torture of our own choosing. Being prisoner to sin has eternal consequences. Fortunately, there are those that visit those dark places and pray with those spiritually incarcerated. As Catholic Christians, we are fortunate to have a group of brothers and sisters that will pray with and for these sometimes hopeless souls. They are the Catholic Crossbearers Motorcycle Ministry. Joining me along the way is one of its members, Michael Renner. Michael, welcome. Thank you, David. I have to, I have to say that I, I was not aware of the Catholic Crossbearers. What is your mission? Uh, the mission of the Catholic Crossbearers Motorcycle Ministry is to bring the love of Jesus to the streets and those imprisoned. Oh, really? Um, so when people hear that, or when people are um, thinking about, you know, when they discover the ministry and they're thinking about joining it. Um, the common thought is that, oh, you know, bring the love of Jesus to the, those in prison. I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm cut out to go into prisons and, and help minister there. Um, that's really just one part of the ministry to those in prison. Um, when you think about it, I, I like to explain it uh, to folks that. There's a lot of ways to be uh, imprisoned um, above and beyond being incarcerated in a, in a, you know, a prison or a house of corrections. Um, people are imprisoned by sin, obviously. Sure. Um, people are imprisoned with uh, addictions, alcohol, drugs, sex, food. Uh, those are real prisons, and, and um, there's a lot of people out there hurting. A lot of people out on the streets uh, are hurting that necessarily, not necessarily, are uh, homeless, um, but find themselves in you know, pretty dire straits. Right. Uh, another another uh, way you can think of being, uh, you know, the, the imprisoned aspect of the ministry is. Um, I'm a, a, a veteran, National Guard veteran, Army National Guard. I was uh, did military intelligence for six years uh, with a cavalry squadron here in Massachusetts. Um, I the Yankee Division have a lot. Of, that's correct, Twenty yeah. Sixth Infantry Division, Yankee Division. Um, very famous in World War One and, and World War Two. What company? Uh, uh, I was with the headquarters. Headquarters troop of the first squadron. Uh, initially, it was the 26th Cavalry of the 26th Infantry Division. Um, later on, it was uh, reorganized with a armor uh, battalion, and we became the uh, first squadron, 110th Cavalry. Okay. So, do you, do you sense the same sense of brotherhood? Um, 
yeah in in, yeah. in motorcycle ministry that you do in the in the military yeah definitely yeah and and the the, the reason i brought up my military services um there's a lot I, I never deployed uh well never deployed to a combat zone um technically i i did uh an overseas tour to Canada of all places, but we, we did, we were awarded overseas training. Uh, what year was that? That was, uh, I want to say that was 90, <laughs> uh, excuse me, 89, I think it was. Uh, 89. I, I, was, I, was, I, I was with I, you. Were you? I was there. Yeah. I had done two, uh, two weekends uh, or two two week tours that summer and the second one was when i was i went up as a, a op four and, we, <laughs> no and way. yeah and and we were the guys that were out there messing around with you <laughs> we, that's funny but and, and what a small world it is a small world and we had all the toys too because <laughs> you well, know we had yeah, night vision and yeah, the, yeah 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 we were much younger then <laughs> Good times, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were up there with the. Uh, I'm trying to remember which Lancers, Canadian Lancers, uh, we were training with at the time too. But uh, that's funny. I never thought I'd uh, bump into somebody that was on the ground there at the same time. Yeah, I I really remember that live fire exercise that was done. I, I it was probably like the first week we were there, but it was a just a massive. I just stood there and I couldn't believe. It. I said, "How is anybody ever going to survive that?" You know? Yeah, yeah. Armor is uh, it's pretty powerful stuff, and it to is. be on the to be on the ground with it with it, uh, you know, yeah. in in fire mode. And, and uh, I wasn't a tanker, like I said, I was an intel. So I was uh, I TC'd one of the the headquarters troops, five seven sevens, the command uh, center uh, tracks. Yeah, but. Uh, to be inside those tanks, uh, it's, that's something else. So, yeah, my hat's off to all those guys. I, I got a lot of brothers that uh, are still in the area, and we, we stay in touch. But just to backtrack a second, the, the reason I brought that whole thing up was um, there's a lot of guys younger than me um, who weren't, I guess, fortunate enough to serve during the Cold War uh, that have deployed. Yeah, they've, they've deployed to... You know, all these hot spots, you know, we can think of Afghanistan recently, uh, but Iraq and Somalia and all these places. And some some people see things and do things that scar them for life. And that type of psychological trauma and, and PTSD, that's, that's another type of uh, imprisonment that people get, people get caught inside themselves and can't get out. So the the whole mission of the ministry, um, it's when you look at it in, in that respect, it's pretty broad based. Uh, we go anywhere that really God puts us. We, we're on the bikes and, and, you know, God brings people to us. I, I like to think of it as, you know, I'm not going out necessarily with the mindset of, finding someone homeless or or uh, walking the streets uh, in need of help but uh, god has a way of bringing those people to you uh, even when you're not necessarily looking um, it's it's very much a, a rewarding ministry how did you become involved with it 
Well, I've been uh, riding motorcycles and mini bikes and all kinds of things on and off since I was probably eight years old. So uh, motorcycles have always been kind of a passion for me. Um, and I stopped, stopped riding actively probably in my 20s. Uh, um, and it wasn't until about uh, 15 years or so ago, I guess, that uh, the bug bit me again. And uh, so I, uh, you know, socked some money away and, and uh, was able to get myself a, a, a new street bike. And, and uh, at that same period in my life, um, I, you know, I was, I was uh, not a kid anymore. I, I grew up, actually, I'm a convert to the Catholic faith. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of going off track here, but um, no, I was. I, I want to hear a little bit about that too, but but continue okay. with your story. Yeah, so uh, I was born in Lynn, like I mentioned. Um, I was baptized in St. Luke's Methodist Church there in Lynn, and uh, very shortly after my birth, my parents uh, bought some land and built a house uh, in a small town up on the North Shore, and. Uh, so that uh, town didn't have a Methodist church. We were attending, um, again, I was an infant at the time, I don't recall, but uh, we started going as a family to a uh, congregational church. And that was pretty much my Christian upbringing uh, until I was a teenager. Um, and like most teenagers, I fell away, didn't have any interest, thought it didn't, you know, it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, like like most kids, uh, sadly, uh, even my own kids now, uh, they, they've they started the drift. Um, and I, I pray uh, every day, every night, that, uh, at some point in their lives, they're going to realize uh, you know, what God means to them and, and they'll come back home. But, um, at any rate, I was uh, really not active in, the, in any faith. Um, and until I, when I enlisted uh, in the guard in 85, um, and one of the things they ask you to put on your dog tags, the information is what your faith is. So I'm like, well, I don't know, just put Protestant. Um, so I've got P-R-O-T on my dog tags, and, uh, which is kind of strange. But, um, when I got to my, my unit after all the training, um, the Cav Squadron actually had a uh, chaplain assigned who was a Roman Catholic priest. And Father Michael um, really made a, a positive impression on me. Uh, he was obviously a, a, a great uh, priest uh, and, a, and a, a good person, but he, he really knew how to uh, reach out and, and connect with Young men in their uh, you know, late teens, 20s, uh, maybe even in, into their early 30s, yeah. who, let's, let's face it, uh, a little rough around the edges. And, and, uh, you know, I think you know what I'm saying. I do. I do. So I, I, oh, this, this priest really made a, a strong impression on me, and I think was one of the earliest factors in me kind of uh, one going, coming back to 
God coming back to Jesus, but pointing me in in the direction of the Catholic Church. And I really respected that man. Uh, so fast forward uh, several years, um, I met, uh, started dating a woman who would become my wife, and she was a cradle Catholic, Irish Catholic. Um, and uh, during the intervening years, I, I really got uh, interested in watching EWTN. That was really important in my early formation uh, in the church. Um, I, I, I loved watching uh, Mother Angelica. She was a hot ticket. Yeah, she was, she was awesome. <laughs> she was fantastic, yeah. <laughs> so the, the church really lost uh, a gem when she passed on. Yeah. But uh, um, she, she was uh, another one of those early influences on me. She was a, so, an early influence on a lot of people. I mean, yeah, me too. I hear that a lot. Yeah, I hear that a lot. Yeah. So, I don't think she realized uh, when she was still on, uh, on this earth with us uh, what a, a measurable impact she had on people. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I think she knows now when she's now that uh, presumably she's she's up in heaven with with Jesus. Sure, I believe that. <laughs> um, so how long have you been with the uh, <clears throat> with the organization? Okay, so the. Um, our the the ministry Catholic Cross Bears Motorcycle Ministry um, was formed by our national founder and national president is uh, a gentleman by the name of Eric Wardrum who resides in Cleveland Ohio uh, that's where the national chapter is the mother chapter uh, he uh, developed uh, or had the uh, nascent concept for this ministry um actually while he was in prison um and i won't go into that that's probably a story for him to tell but uh mm -hmm. um when he uh came out of prison uh, i believe it was around 2008 uh he got this ministry off the ground and, and basically it started in 2008 um around 2010 is when i uh, and when the bug bit me again to get back on the bike. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I had just purchased a bright, shiny new uh, Harley Road King Classic. And uh, I wanted to, I don't know, it sounds trite or corny, but I wanted to tie you know, the, the joy and pleasure that I had in riding mm -hmm. uh, into something more important. Um, and so I was poking around online, like most people do, looking for something. Um, and there's uh, several motorcycle ministries uh, and motorcycle clubs that are Christian-oriented, um, but none of them were Catholic in orientation or, or mission. Um, and as a still fairly wet behind the years <laughs> Catholic, uh, I, came, I came into the the church in uh, full communion, the Easter vigil in 98, I believe it was. <clears throat> and uh, so this was now about uh, 2010. And you know, I was quite firmly rooted in my convictions. And I wanted to you know, bring together these two important parts of my life. So I was looking around and 
Um, took a little while, but lo and behold, I found online this website for Catholic crossbears. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Um, so I did a little research online. And, and the, our website now is, is uh, you know, expanded quite a bit. So there's a lot more information than there was uh, 11 years ago now, I guess. I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, really, it, it set the hook. Um, I was I was really captivated by the idea. So I, I uh, connected with them by email uh, through the website. And uh, a little while later, I get a phone call from this gruff-sounding gentleman, um, Eric Bordrum out in Cleveland, who wanted to talk to me about it. And so we had a brief conversation. Turned out we had some stuff in common. Uh, he's a machinist by trade, and I'm a mechanical engineer. So we were talking about machine shops and places that we worked. And mm -hmm. we started talking about our faith and, and faith journeys. And um, I felt a real kinship with him right off the bat. And so he, you know, long story short, he, he sent me out an application. Um, and I filled it out, sent it back. Uh, the ministry has, uh, and maybe this is a follow-up question that I'm, I'm breaking into now, but the ministry has a, a I wouldn't say peculiar uh, application process, but we don't um, recruit or look for members like a motorcycle club would or um, not necessarily even a motorcycle ministry. So you know, we can talk about that a little bit later on if you want. Yeah. Um, you have a particular job with the, the with your organization. What is that? Yeah, so uh, I joined in 2010. Um, it was still fairly small number, I think. I'm going to say maybe less than 30 or 40 members at the time. Um, and I gradually became more and more active um, locally and regionally. Um, and I would attend the national rallies. And as the ministry started growing uh, in numbers, uh, it became somewhat difficult for national uh, chapter to, you know, handle all the, the inquiries along with the administration of the chapter and, mm -hmm. and uh, oversight of other chapters. So at, uh, I can't recall what year it was, but uh, at one of the national rallies, uh, Eric put out feelers to see if anybody was interested in helping them out with the new membership uh, inquiries that were at that time becoming more and more frequent. Um, and I just, I felt, you know, there was something on, on my heart that, you know, I love this ministry. I love this guy. Uh, I want to help out. So uh, one of the things they tell you not to do in the army was raise your hand or step forward. But I, <laughs> I did. And uh, I became one of two um, national uh, new membership liaisons. So uh, essentially what we did was when, when either through the website or through phone calls or, or uh, just word of mouth, someone would approach national chapter about uh, 
know, to get more information about membership, et cetera, um, then National would pass these off to myself and uh, another liaison. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were geographically separated. I'm up here in Massachusetts, uh, up in the Northeast. And this other uh, brother of mine is, uh, uh, was since retired from the position, uh, but is still in the ministry. Um, he uh, lived down in uh, Louisiana. So uh, while I'm thinking of it, it's, uh, I'll keep Louisiana and uh, Louisianans in our prayers yeah. because of that hurricane that went through. Um, but uh, we've been in contact uh, indirectly, and I know he's, he's well. All the other members down there are safe. Um, some had some uh, you know, minor type of damage, but nobody was injured or, you know, thankfully, uh, seriously uh, affected. So, yeah, former guest and a motorcycle rider, um, Trace Big Guns Chamberlain, is uh, he's a good friend of the show, and uh, you know we keep him in prayer every morning when we do our St. Michael Chaplet. Um, tell me a little bit about the process. You said that. You um you don't choose people or, or recruit people in a normal fashion. What what is the the, the way that you recruit? Yeah, we don't uh, we don't go out looking for people. That would be, I mean, it, it's not common in the motorcycle world anyway to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's usually uh, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody approaching someone in a club or a ministry or a riding group and, and, and you know, face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where this ministry uh, is so broadly uh, dispersed, um, I, I, I haven't really mentioned it, but from its beginnings in Cleveland, um, the motorcycle ministry uh, has, has spread across the United States, um, but also internationally. So we've got a very uh, enthusiastic and, and active uh, chapter down in Costa Rica. Hey guys, if you listen, um, we've got we've got uh, groups in Canada, uh, England, Ireland. Um, I'm probably forgetting some um, off the top of my head. I don't have a list in front of me, but uh, and it just keeps growing. Um, We've got members and former members that are, you know, are in, in the Mediterranean area and the islands down there. Um, it's it's really it's really something. Um, so, like I said, we don't recruit per se. We don't uh, actively encourage people with because it's a ministry. Yeah. Um, we really feel and, and believe that this is something that God has to put on your heart. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a novelty. Uh, it's quite frankly, it's a, it's a job. It's a serious job. It's a, a, a very rewarding uh, endeavor, but um, it's it's not something that anyone should enter into lightly. And on occasion, uh, even though we try to screen those types of inquiries out, on occasion, uh, people will come in and. You don't see them very often, and you don't see them much at all. And, uh, yeah, they 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 just drift off, uh, and it, I attributed that to because they didn't discern um, 
well enough for themselves. Um, I kind of hinted earlier about our uh, application process. So, that, you know, we have uh, typically someone will make an inquiry in one fashion or another, uh, and then that gets sent out to myself as the new membership liaison. Um, and I uh, will first make contact with the kind of a, a generic, I, I don't want to use the word form letter, but it's, it's something that uh, I can quickly uh, pull together and get out so that uh, someone's not waiting around for a week or 10 days for a reply. Uh, and it gives them a web link to go and check out if they haven't already found it uh, to get some more information. And a little bit about myself and the ministry and, and uh, an invitation to reach out and speak with them. Okay. Um, I, it's, it's really important that that personal link uh, happens at some point um, in the in the application process. Um, it's it's an active ministry, and people are going to be active in the ministry, or or it doesn't work for them, and it doesn't work for the ministry. Um, so, part of that part of that feeling out process for, for me um, on behalf of national and the rest of the ministry is, is to get a sense of, you know, the level of, of uh, excitement, the level of, of interest. Uh, is this just a, Oh, I, you know, I had heartburn last night. I couldn't fall asleep. And I found this on, on the internet. Well, maybe it sounds interesting. I thought I'd, check it out mm -hmm. or is this is this somebody that uh, like most of our members has been riding for, for years and years and, and probably decades um, and is is a very strong faith life and and um, very active in their parish and like I mentioned before for myself wanted to put those two things together um, yeah this you know, sounds like a like a, a tremendous community but well, um, I want to ask you, how often do you meet? Well, we it, it, it all depends on the number of people in a particular geographic area. So National Chapter puts on a national rally once a year. And anybody, regardless of their location, you know, even overseas, one of the other uh, chapters, abroad everybody's invited everybody's welcome to attend and it's a long weekend uh, in cleveland and uh, it's it's a really great time lots of prayer lots of uh, we go to mass every every day uh, we're constantly finding ways to visit shrines or cathedrals or other churches um, and just feed off of each other's energy too I, I think is is real important and we use it um, among other chapters uh, to you know network with each other and, and re, re, reclaim old friendships uh, I've got friends down in Texas there's chapters in Texas and Oklahoma and, and uh, members in Florida and Louisiana chapters in Louisiana as well um, Ohio uh, New York, 
So that national rally that happens once a year in the summer, um, that's a, a great meeting. Uh, it's it's uh, a great opportunity to, to meet new new members that I may have been in contact with um, and and uh, see how where they are and, and how they're faring. Um, beyond that, if you're fortunate enough to be in a geographic area uh, where there are other members and uh, you're able to stand up a local chapter, um, then those local chapters as well as national have um, two meetings a month. Awesome. So typically they're so typically they're in face, you know, face to face in person meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, with COVID and and you know the severe weather we've been having lately, some of those uh, we've been trying to do as Zoom type meetings, um, just to keep everybody on the same page and, and lines of communication opening open. Uh, see how everybody's doing. Uh, you know, just just trade stories and and, and uh, faith stories. And, you know what's what's going on uh, in our lives. So we have those meetings twice a month. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't charge dues or anything like that. It's, it's we don't handle money. We're not a, a nonprofit. We're not that type of, of ministry where we're doling out handouts. Where uh, we're out in the streets and we're there to help. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, to be honest with you, to be quite honest with you, 90% of the time, um, God puts somebody in, in, in my path uh, during the day uh, on a ride or, or wherever. Um, it, it's typically just a conversation. People will open up. They see the colors, you know, the patches on the, on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, or... Um, they like you like you said they, they may have found me or someone else uh, online in one of the social media groups um, and they they start it's an awful term but they'll, they'll, they'll spill their guts they'll, they'll start talking about their lives and what's going on and, and their their problems their their pain um, one thing that really sticks in my mind and it happened fairly early on in my time in the ministry. Um, I was, my, my two daughters were young at the time. They were in, it was summer. They were in a church uh, volleyball league. And so I was at work uh, trying to rush out of work to get to the catch at least part of the game and see my kids play. And uh, so I pull into the, this parking lot, which was like a kind of a dirt lot adjacent to the, um, the parish parking lot and then the uh, volleyball fields were off to the side of the dirt parking lot. And um, I didn't even get a chance to get off the bike. Uh, a gentleman, probably my age, maybe a little bit younger, um, heard my bike pull into the lot. And I, I don't know if he was just sitting in his car um, thinking or uh, if he had just walked into the, the lot from the volleyball game. But he approached me, uh, kind of my, to my surprise, and started talking and asking about the, the, you know, the patches, what they meant. And we wound up talking for quite a few minutes. I, I don't think I saw too much of my daughter's volleyball game, to be honest with you. But 
this gentleman had had a lot of pain in his heart. He he had a young son who was quite ill, um, and he just had to get off his chest, uh, talk about it. And we we stood stood there in the parking lot praying with each other. And and I'll be honest, we we started crying. Uh, it was that. <clears throat> You know, it's still emotional for me now thinking about it, but it was uh, one of those God moments where somebody put God put someone in my uh, in my space, and and you know, whether I knew it or not, I was able to to bring some peace or or uh, presence of mind to to somebody, and, and really all that amounts to is is reflecting God's love for that person. So. So your this ministry is is more or less a witness ministry of uh, yeah. consoling people and yeah yeah it it's it's you know like I said it it, it it's fairly all encompassing uh, I can't think of, you know myself included I can't think of too many people who aren't um, struggling with something in life some sort of addiction mm-hmm. you know, for me I had I had a problem with with alcohol for a while. Um, and it pretty much brought me to my knees. Um, and I don't think there are too many people out there who can honestly, you know, look in the mirror and say, Hey, I don't, I'm not struggling with something. Something's not kicking my backside. And, and, uh, it's a, it's a prison on its own. And, and so whether you're a, a veteran, you know, returning and struggling with, with, uh, PTSD, or you're uh, somebody in AA struggling with the desire to drink, or you know, Overeaters Anonymous, or you know any of these type of things. Uh, it, being in prison isn't just being locked up in a, in a cell someplace. Obviously, that's um, what comes to mind, and, and that's a, a stark reminder of, of, of imprisonment. But uh, just about everybody that uh, you, you come across during your day um, is carrying some struggle. Exactly. Exactly. Imprisoning them. That's why I think this, uh, you know, your ministry of the Catholic Crossbearers is, is such a. I'm really blown away by by how important it is. It's so important for for there to be men out there that that other men can talk to, and you know, quite frankly, I. I I think a guy on a motorcycle that lends his ear to you—that's that's beautiful. I mean, it's 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 great, man. And I appreciate I appreciate you doing that, especially the, you know talking about the veterans and stuff like that the way you do. You know, um, you brought up the, your colors. I got a I got a couple of questions about that. Sure. You're you're there's uh the alpha the omega there's the I forget the name of it but it's the Cairo. The Cairo, yeah. Yep. It's beautifully thought out. I mean, you know, Christ is the Alpha and the Omega. I mean, you, yep. you know, and, and a lot of thought went into that. Let me ask you a question. How many times does do your colors go to other, uh, like, say, to Sturgis or to Americade up in New York? They're, they're there probably every year. Yeah. Uh, myself, not so much. Sturgis is on my bucket list, but I haven't gotten out there yet. Yeah. Uh, but I know national uh, president uh, goes to Sturgis 
fairly frequently. I don't know about every year, yeah. um, but uh, I know that just this past uh, event in Sturgis this, this uh, last month or so, there were members, uh, one of our members, and I, I want to also point out that this isn't just a masculine or male ministry. A lot of people think of bikers as, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of surly looking maybe, and, and I got the beard and little gruff countenance. Uh, and, and that is what I think a lot of people equate with the motorcycle world. Uh, particularly a motorcycle club. We have several, uh, many actually, uh, female members. Um, we, they're full members. We don't, unlike some motorcycle clubs, uh, we don't treat our, our female uh, uh, sisters in Christ as, as secondary citizens or, or uh, God forbid, property. Um, right. Like some, some of the, well, I'll just say some of the, the motorcycle club uh, and people probably know what I'm referring to. And I'm not maligning those organizations at all. It's, it's their culture. Um, it's the way their, their clubs have been run. And uh, you know, we respect that as a motorcycle ministry. We, we respect all the clubs, all the riding groups, uh, all the motorcycle ministries. Right. Respect, is very, respect is a very important thing in the motorcycle world. Um, and you're not going to get anywhere in the motorcycle world successfully and sa- safely without showing respect, uh, sure. particularly particularly to to what we call it, you know, the dominant clubs in the area. Those are the one percent clubs that uh, essentially call the shots and, and can uh, determine whether you're riding with colors uh, on your flying your colors, as we call it, uh, whether you're able to do that in your area or not. So. It was here that Michael's audio became inaudible and unfortunately unusable. But I encourage you to check out the Catholic Crossbearers website at www.catholiccrossbearersmm.com. From my guest Michael Renner and my producer David Imhoff, I'm Down the Hall Dave, praying that your troubles be less, your blessings be more, and nothing but happiness come through your door. Mm-hmm.